Hey everyone, welcome to Coffin Cast episode 10. My name is Kristen. Holy cow, we're 10 episodes in, guys. That's crazy. I don't stick with relationships that long. How did I stick with a podcast this long? Wow. Anyway, yeah, that's some that's some tea for you on this lovely Friday evening. So this week has been kind of crappy for me. I hope yours has been amazing and the best week you've ever had. I hope you've gotten everything you wanted accomplished. I hope you've gotten presents. I hope that the sun shines gently upon your cheek every morning when you awake. Uh, Yeah, I I want good things for my listeners because I genuinely love you guys. I appreciate every one of you. Wish you would interact with me more on Twitter because I'd like to know who you are. But that's okay. You can listen in silence. That's fine. I love you anyway. So where, what was I, where was I going with this? Oh, that I hope you had a great week. Okay. So my week consisted of a cold at the beginning of the week, sore throat, stuffy nose, all that. I was going to work on the podcast that day, but I ended up just laying in bed for most of the day. Sue me. Sorry. Um, and then last night I got mild food poisoning, I'm assuming, or some kind of weird stomach bug. I'm feeling better now, but I ended up with three hours of sleep. I tried to nap a little bit later. It didn't happen. So I'm operating on maybe, if we're honest, four hours of sleep, maybe. But like I said, I love you guys, and I made a commitment every Friday at midnight. So it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. I also want to shout out to... Man, I've got a lot of new followers on Twitter now. 95% of them are fellow podcasters. I just want to say podcasters, fellow podcasters are the most amazing people. They are so supportive. I love every single one of you. I want to listen to all your podcasts. I'm I'm listening as much as I can at work. Um I I it it means so much to me, you know that people out there that are doing the same thing I'm doing support me even though it's it's not a competition which feels amazing I was worried you know I have kind of a true crime weird story podcast or is that are people gonna be against me but no it's it really is a family and everyone supports everyone there's room at the table for everyone I'm getting teary-eyed probably from lack of sleep but seriously if you're thinking of podcasting you can't be around a more supportive group of people. So any podcast, podcast, fellow podcasters that are listening, I mean it when I say thank you so much for the retweets, for interacting with me. You guys are seriously the best kind of people. So thank you for that. Now that I'm a sappy mess, um, <laughs> let's get into this week's episode of Coffin Cast, shall we? Um, So when I picked this topic, I was not aware that it was National Suicide Prevention Week. Kind of ironic, because what I chose to focus on this week, it came from an idea from a coworker, friend from work, David. So thank you, David, if you're listening. I think you've listened to a couple episodes. I don't know how many of you you've listened to, but kind of came from an idea from him. 
Um, we're focusing this week on the, I'm going to say it wrong, but I'm going to do my best, Yeoki Gahara Forest in Japan. You may not know it by that name. You probably know of it as the Suicide Forest. There have been movies dedicated to it. There was a Vice episode, a whole news thing about it, which is where I heard about it. Um, and one of, the, of course, the controversy with one of the Paul children of the Corn brothers uh, filming a dead body there and getting in trouble for it and getting kickback from it. We're not going to talk about them because I, I won't say nice things. Anyway, let's get into some statistics about suicide. I'm not glorifying suicide by any means. I deal with my own thoughts because I have depression. I have social anxiety. I have my own thoughts about suicide and I do not glorify it in any way, shape, or form. I do not want to glamorize it because it leaves behind such a mess for the people you love. Don't do it. I'm going to have numbers throughout this. I'm going to have links. Don't do it. Please. I'm asking you, do not do it because it is not worth it not worth the pain you leave behind for your family and your friends. Anyway, um, so the World Health Organization says that approximately 1 million people die of suicide a year, and that's 100,000 people every 40 seconds. That is intense. Every 40 seconds, a population size of, I don't know, a medium-sized city dies from suicide. They project that that number will increase in 2020 to every 20 seconds. This is, this is epidemic stuff here, guys. If you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. I'm going to repeat it. At the end of this episode, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to throw it in wherever I can because it's important that you know that there's resources out there. If you're feeling hopeless, there's resources out there. DM me and I will give you resources or I will talk to you. I'm not a professional, but ah, I'm getting teary eyed now. Let's just start the episode before I become a bawling mess. What makes a place a suicide destination? Before I get into that, I want to preface this by saying I am still not feeling well. It's now 10 o'clock at night. My medicines are kicking in. I can feel myself getting very tired. So I want to get this out by midnight. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to happen. So we're going to power through it together. I might sound like an idiot half the time. I may mumble some things. I may mess up some words. But we're going to power through it together. Okay? Okay. Let's talk about suicide destinations. Anywhere in the world you live, there's a place you know, okay, people go there to die. Canada. China. Arizona. 
why did I say Arizona? I meant to say Australia. Australia, <laughs> Europe, France, England, everywhere has a place. In the U.S., our main place is the Golden Gate Bridge. There was a documentary about people that jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge in 2005, I believe it came out. It was, enti- it was called The Bridge. I lived in the Bay Area when this was being filmed. It was a whole big thing because they kind of lied on their permits about what they were filming. But you get a perspective of what was going on in the minds of the people that jump. You see them jump. You do see that. So if you're not, you know, if you're easily upset, definitely don't watch it. But you also see the aftermath and what they're surviving family members have to deal with. So that's something to keep in mind as well. It, it's a good... It definitely dissuades you from wanting to do it. 1,500 people have ended their life on the Golden Gate Bridge. That's crazy. That's a lot of people. So let's talk about what happens when you jump. You fall for four seconds. Let's count that out, shall we? So you get an idea of how long you get to think about what you just did. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Three Mississippi. Four Mississippi. Four seconds is not long for some things. But when you're going to die, you th- you've got time to think. One guy who survived that was in the documentary The Bridge, I forgot his name... He's pretty famous for talking about it because he was dealing with some major mental issues at the time. He said as soon as his hands left the railing, he instantly regretted what he did. I'm sure that goes through a lot of people's minds. He was lucky enough to go, okay, I know how to fall to survive. He maneuvered his body to that position, broke a lot of bones, but he's still alive today. You're falling at 75 miles per hour. When you hit, it's going to be like the water's concrete. You're going to break every bone in your body. If you survive that, you're likely going to drown. The bay has undercurrents. There's boats going back and forth. Even a seasoned swimmer can't necessarily maneuver that in that condition, especially with broken bones and whatnot. If you survive that, even. The bay is so cold. I'd I'd say all of the Pacific Ocean in Northern California is freezing. It is particularly cold in the bay. You're going to get hypothermia if you're in there for an extended period of time. So you'll probably die from that. Not a pleasant way to go. Or, guess what else is in the bay? Sharks. They might eat you. They won't eat you in one gulp. It'll be, you know... There's going to be some chewing going on. So in other words, don't go to the Bay Area. Don't go to the Bay Area. Don't go to the Bay Area. (laughs) What? Do go to the Bay Area. Don't go to the Golden Gate Bridge to kill yourself. You don't want to do that. This should be like... I should do my podcast from now on on Benadryl if this is how it's going to be that is a joke this is terrible 
but I'm gonna get it out there. This is not a funny topic. I don't. I'm tired, and it the Benadryl's kicking in. So, part of me, like I, when I think about people going to these places to commit suicide, it's like, why do they choose top tourist destinations? Why do they choose such beautiful places? Is it like they want one last glimpse of natural beauty or architectural beauty or to feel something one last time? Do they go because there's lots of people that are going to be there? Maybe somebody will talk them out of it. Maybe something will happen that'll make them snap out of it and go, okay, no, I have something to live for. Maybe the beauty will do that for them. That's kind of what I think. Now, we're... In the U.S., suicide has a particular stigma that it's a weakness, that it's selfish. In Japan, they have a completely different way of looking at it. How they deal with it is, first of all, Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. That needs to be said. But they have a different way of looking at it than Western countries do. So, like, I'm sure you've heard of this. In the past, samurais would commit seppuku, which is, like, falling on their sword to die honorably. You know, if they didn't die in battle, they wanted to die, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. They wanted to fall on their sword so they could have an honorable death. According to Yoshinori... Cho, who's the director of psychiatry at Take... I'm going to pronounce this wrong because it looks like Tokyo, but I know it's not and Benadryl Brain. Takeo University. Vestiges of seppuku culture can be seen today in the way we view suicide as a way of taking responsibility. In Japan, typically, people commit suicide for family reasons, for in particular, financial reasons. The month that um, most people commit suicide in Japan is in March, which is the end of their fiscal year. So a lot of it has to do with financial issues. So let's talk about the Aoki Gahara Forest. The Suicide Forest. Like I do with all the podcast episodes that I have, I like to focus on who the victim was aside from what happened to them. I'm aware that this is a place, but it's a place that gets a bad rap because it's not just a suicide forest. It has tourist attractions that people enjoy going to. So let's talk about the forest itself. It is 13.5 square miles. It is at the northwest flank of Mount Fuji. There are several tourist attractions there. The most popular ones are the Narasawa Ice Cave, which is 3 degrees Celsius year-round. The Fukuju Wind Cave, which which has icicles year-round, like beautiful formations of icicles that you can view. And then most importantly, the most popular one of all, is the Lakeside Bat Cave, where five species of bats can be observed. There's tons of wildlife in this forest as well. There's the Asian black bear, which is 
a little bit different than our black bear. It's got a big white tuft on its chest. Looks a little bit smaller than our black bear, but supposedly it's a lot more aggressive. And if you approach one, you you are you don't want to do that, so don't approach one. Um, they have foxes, squirrels, various birds. It's a great place for bird watching if that's your thing. It's also said that aside from, of course, the suicides, that this place is haunted by people who have had ubasute committed upon them. What is ubasute? Ubasute is the act of taking an elderly family member into the woods, leading them there, and then leaving them there. Mostly they died of starvation, dehydration, the elements. It's not been proven that this has happened in this place. It might just be one of those, you know, boogeyman stories that people tell their kids to scare them and keep them out of the forest. But it's been talked about that that those are the spirits that are haunting the forest. And those are the ones that are driving people to commit suicide when they go there. Because they, they want revenge. They see sad people and they want to lure them in. Or they just screw with tourists in general. So that's that's one story. It's not proven that that happened there, but people like to make up stories sometimes. So if you are interested in visiting the forest, not to commit suicide, but just to visit it because it is a beautiful place altogether, you can get there by, I think it's two hours drive southwest, west-southwest from Tokyo. And it's also accessible without a car if you don't have one. Uh, you take the Fujiku Railway to... I'm doing my best, guys. I'm on Benadryl, like I said. Kawaguchiko train station, then retro bus. The entrance is in the parking lot of the Lakeside Bat Cave. Keep in mind, though, also... The soil there was formed by volca- volcanoes long ago. There's lots of volcanic rock. There's also iron in the soil. It's a very iron-rich environment. So it's known that GPS, cell phones, and even compasses do not work very well there. The soil can screw with them. So that's kind of where they get the idea that, oh, these spirits are kind of messing with things, messing with electronics. It's likely scientifically been proven that it's the iron in the soil. So just something to keep in mind if you do want to visit. It's a beautiful place. No reason not to visit. But let's get into the dark side of things. I'm sure you can tell at this point that the Benadryl is really kicking my ass and it's fighting me. It's literally, I'm fighting to finish this episode because I've made a commitment and I want to do it. I'm going to lose my phone here in a second. So as a suicide destination, the phenomena began around the 1950s. A lot of people blame the novel. It was a detective novel called Kuroi Junkai by Seicho Matsumoto. It is out of print. Currently, I tried to find some information on it. There's very limited information. But um, it ends with the lead's romantic interest killing herself, hanging herself in the Aoki Gahara forest. 
So it kind of romanticized the death there. Tried to make it beautiful and, you know, kind of like a Romeo and Juliet situation. Authorities want people to know that this is not the reality. The romantic fiction is not the actual reality. What will likely happen is wildlife will tear your body apart, use it for food, what have you. Or if you're lucky, you'll just rot there because they do annual sweeps, like I said. They don't do daily sweeps. They just do it annually because the forest is so dense that it's next to impossible to do every single day. In 2003, they did have a record-breaking year with about 150 suicides. They found 150 bodies in the forest. Since then, they've decided, and rightfully so, to not publicize the numbers any further. They don't want to make it attractive for people to end their lives in the Aokigahara forest. They also kind of want to change the image of it from a suicide forest to just a forest. Just a forest you go to to hike, to camp, to go into caves and see bats. That's what they want. And it's a shame that, you know, people... It's a shame people have to kill themselves anyway. But it's a shame that they have to do it somewhere where people want to just enjoy themselves and be out in nature. Um, It can ruin it for people. So part of ways that they've tried to prevent people from, you know, committing the act in the forest is they have signs posted throughout, mainly at the entrances, stating, you know, please think of your family, your friends, your children... Your life is a precious gift given to you from your parents. And then it has the Japan, or the Japanese version of the uh, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. So they can call it to, you know, hopefully have somebody talk them out of it. Again, the forest floor with all its iron makes it difficult to make phone calls. So it's... It's dicey, but hopefully, you know, those signs do the job. There's also video surveillance in the forest, so if they see somebody looking sad or suspicious, they they try to swoop in if they are able. Also, most of the forest itself is kind of... There's... The trail has ropes around it, so that way people don't get lost, first of all. And the you know, if you step over those ropes or the tape, it's likely you're going to end up lost. Because like I said, compasses don't work. GPS doesn't work. Cell phones don't work. If you do this just hiking, mind you, you're likely going to run into some bodies along the way. You know, so stay on the... If you do go here just for the hiking purposes, that's the only reason you should be there. But if you do go stay on the trails because you'll be safe and you won't be traumatized so just oops keep that in mind as well one telltale sign that they've noticed is that when people are experiencing doubt about committing suicide or when they're not sure what they're going to do they'll bring in a tent or they'll bring in tape uh, to mark their path so they know how to get out if you go there to camp it is allowed you are allowed to go there to camp it's not illegal 
it's welcomed. However, if you do have a tent out there and you're there for any amount of time, likely somebody will be approaching your tent to checking if to check, excuse me, if you're okay. Just checking on you. And they will likely try to persuade you to leave the forest because that's what they do. It's not like they're forcing you out. They just want to let you know, hey, we would prefer that you get out because we don't know your state of mind. That sort of thing. There's people who are trained and know what to look for. So that's the Aoki Gahara Forest. This is a shorter episode. So that's we're going to draw it to a close with that. There is a Vice um, YouTube video documentary. About, this is how I basically came across this forest. Um, was a Vice video. Uh, I think it's like a 20 minute video about a geologist who goes in there and talks about the forest itself and how people have been committing suicide there. So I will have that in the links. But let's go ahead and close up this week on the Aoki Gahara Forest. If you are thinking of going there for any reason whatsoever, aside from just camping, again, I'm going to remind you of the phone number. Call 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Talk to someone. You don't have to do this. There's people out there that love you. I've said it before. DM me if you're having issues. I'm not an expert, but sometimes you don't really need an expert. You just need somebody to listen to you. I will be happy to do that. But I would suggest talking to the experts first because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But all right, so let's go ahead and close this mother up. That was a terrible way to end it, but... Benadryl is really killing me now. Alright, so yeah, we're gonna end that there. And then we'll we'll go on into the closing, guys. So that was episode ten. What do you think? Bennies are killing me. Um I'm I'm probably going to regret this episode tomorrow morning and re-record it, but I promised, I made a commitment. Fridays at midnight, that was the commitment. So I'm following through, but I'm definitely going to listen to this tomorrow with regret and be like, nope, redoing it. Um, but I think I got most of the, the topic covered. I don't think I missed anything that I did some did notes on. Definitely check out that Vice uh, video. It's on YouTube. I'm going to put a link in my sources so that way you can see it. Oh, crap. That reminds me. I just put away my computer. I need to get those sources in the description. Better do that. Yep. All right. So just a reminder, if you have any updates, corrections. Excuse me. I burped. If you have any of that, definitely hit me up at CoffinCast. That's where I'm most active, at CoffinCast with a capital C on Twitter. Also, I don't know where these burps are coming from. Also, I'm on Instagram at CoffinCastPod. I still don't know how to use Instagram. I guess it's because I'm a 36-year-old woman who's never touched Instagram, and I have a face for podcasts. I'm, I'm not a picture 
Taker. So, and that's probably why I'm not on there. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, I need to go to sleep. I am dying. I need to sleep. I don't even know if my eyes are open right now. I don't think they are. But either way, find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. Just find me and talk to me. I want you people to talk to me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what I'm doing right. I know I also wanted to um, put this out there. Like I said, I was on my Apple earbuds. I know there's a lot of weird rustling sounds. I am holding the mic outward. It's not touching anything. Could be my fan. Could be the air moving through my room. So I apologize for any weird crackles definitely going back for my mic it might sound a little more tinny and not as clear but at least you don't get that annoying rustling so i'm gonna close it like i always do number 10 in the can guys love ya um just a reminder life is a dream walking but death is going home stay safe out there go to sleep I'm going to sleep. Let's just all go to sleep. I'll scoot over. I'll make some room for you. Let's go. Good night.